Hey guys, welcome to the album collection, episode number 12. And this episode, we're tackling one of my favorite groups, bands from the 90s, early 2000s, Lone Star and their Lonely Grill album. So, Emily, quick reaction. Aaron. Did you like this album or did you not like it? I did like it. I okay. did like it. Yes. <laughs> good. We got a good base going now. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny how like some songs you're like, how the freak do I like remember this song? I don't know. It's just like, I think that album kind of, I don't know. Did, did we have this album growing up or did mom or something? Some of these songs sounded very familiar and I just wasn't. I don't really? Know. Like yeah. the ones not named the hits? Yeah. The main hits. Interesting. Yeah. Cause none of them, none of the non hits really sounded familiar to me, but mm-hmm. I think, I think mom did have this CD, so that would make sense. Yeah. Um, so this album, Lonely Grill, released in June of 1999. And it's a really interesting time because obviously we're going to a new decade, new millennium. But this album was the first album without John Rich in it. Yeah. So it was, and they like went a whole meant- new direction, too. Like yes. listen to their first couple albums, they're very even like the album art, like they're with their cowboy hats. Mm-hmm. And then maybe not this album, but the next one, they're all like Backstreet Boys and sing boy band with like <laughs> the side panels and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it was an interesting transition for the band. But they did it. They lost mm-hmm. a member and they kept going. They got better. So the main difference or the main reason why they have a different sound and look and everything is they switched producers. They went to Dan Huff. And he's worked with obviously Lone Star, but Rascal Flats and Keith Urban as well. So it makes sense that they wanted to kind of get that more modern pop element in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the traditionalists and purists will probably argue and bitch about it, but it paid off for them. It did. Like you can call for them sellouts sure. or whatever, but it mm-hmm. really paid off. It was this, good music they were making. It it's not like it was any less country necessarily. No, uh, this album is their most successful one to date. Went platinum three times, three million copies. So pretty good one for them. Yeah, they can live off this one the rest of their careers if they wanted to. We'll get to the the actual hits in a bit, but just as we talk about some of yeah. the other stuff, uh, the main hits off this one. Amazed, smile. What about now? And tell her. So, four number ones. You could argue their biggest hit ever with Amazed, Smile, and What About Now. Definitely up there as well. I actually saw them last summer when you could actually have concerts and performances and stuff. Uh, it was one of the whiskey jam nights they did in the back parking lot. They put up a stage and. Lone Star was the headliner, and it was just so cool. Richie did they was sing there all the, these songs? Richie sang, was there? Richie was, yeah, it was the actual, like, artist, the group. And uh, so it was... Was John Rich sang, there, though? <laughs> I don't think I saw him. He might have been hanging out mm-hmm. at Redneck Riviera. I, that's where he was probably True, fair at. point, fair point. But it was good. They played an hour's worth of songs, at least. It was a legit show and every one of every time a new song came on it was like oh it's so good oh, yeah it's so yeah. good and it's just i feel like lone star is one of those bands that and this album especially they just have that sound 
that is so easy to listen to. It's very identifiable, but it's just so easy listening. Yeah. His voice is so, it's one of those you can pick up and it's like, that's gotta be hard when, when your voice is recognized as Lone Star, like people maybe don't know your first name, but Oh, that's Lone Star. So that's why when I remember what year they like, he decided to go his like own path. It's like, Lone Star can't be Lone Star because it's a different no. voice. Like if a lead singer leaves a band, it got to start over with like a new name or something. I know like logistically that's easier said than done, but yeah, his voice, he's got one of the best voices, most recognizable. Agreed. Uh, the really cool aspect about this album, and I think this plays a part in how good Lone Star was and is and like the actual how well the songs did is there's some really great songwriters on this project um so let me start by talking about we talked about them on a previous episode and i forget which one it would have been i think it was john michael montgomery's album so gary baker and frank j myers they wrote john michael montgomery's i swear um but they also wrote Simple as that on this album, but mm-hmm. if you fast forward an album, they they uh, they wrote "I'm Already There," so a couple of the biggest hits ever. Um, Frank himself wrote uh, "From Porch Looking In," which came on a uh, follow up album, and then Chris Young's "Tomorrow." So mm-hmm. a couple little notes there. The songwriters for "Amazed." This is this is really cool. There's some cool stories here, but. The songwriters are Marv Green, Chris Lindsay, and Amy Mayo. So let me start with Marv. All right. Marv. He's written George Strait's True and It Just Comes Natural, Wasted by Carrie Underwood. He wrote Tim and Faith's Let's Make Love, Rodney Atkins, Farmer's Daughter. Tons of good hits, right? Chris Lindsay. He also wrote Smile. So he wrote Amazed and Mm. Smile on this album. Crazy. Uh, He also wrote Martina's. This one's for the girls. Sarah Evans, Backseat of a Greyhound Bus. He was also a a producer, which is kind of a crossover career. You know, wearing multiple hats. Uh, Chris Cagle's I Breathe In, I Breathe Out. And he also produced Mark Will's 19-something. So it's a good Amy Mayo. She, uh, she wrote Tim McGraw's my best friend and let's make love Kenny Chesney's who you'd be today. Martina McBride's this one's for the girls and Sarah Evans backseat of a Greyhound bus. My question, did you notice any themes there? Well, it seems like they all seem to write together. In fact, they do. Chris Lindsay and Amy Mayo (laughs) are married wow yes and you know what they can thank for their marriage no i don't know who can they thank for their marriage the song amazed oh okay. think about how think about how great of a love romance song that is they wrote the song before they were together yes i'm gonna read you a little story oh lovely let me get all situated here Ser- like seriously okay. when when you hear this you're gonna be like wow and i'm gonna be i mean i'm taking notes like all right if i, if I ever want to write a song and like <laughs> try to attract a future wife like this is the move so amy uh 
she knows the secret. This is an article. I forget where it's from. Apologize for not sourcing it. Amy, she knows the secret behind writing a great romantic song. Turn off the lights. Fire up some candles. Lots of them. And then lure a couple of handsome men as co-writers. Quote, I always like candles when I write, she said. She makes her own wax creations. It just relaxes me. So when Chris and Marv arrive, they might have uh, mistaken their songwriting session as a seance. <laughs> we didn't have a light on, just all the candles, explains Amy. The mood quickly took hold, and the trio crafted the song in about two or three hours. That's when they hit the brick wall. Like, what are we going to call it? That was, the, that was the, the hurdle they were running through. So they were arguing about it for a while, and... They didn't have a title for the longest time. The song went to be recorded and in a demo session. It still didn't have a title. They're arguing about it. They had to have the last line in the chorus, right? Like, baby, I'm amazed by you. Mm -hmm. And for a while, they were like something about, I love you in a bunch of different ways. And uh, Chris and Marv suggested, baby, I'm amazed by you. And Amy, she wasn't, she wasn't feeling it, but when they heard the demo and the sound, she's like, okay, you guys are right. One star's biggest hit, whatever, whatever. Um, Richard McDonald says about it. You can tell the inspiration came from some honest hearts. It's changed our lives and our careers. And it's incredible to see the way it's touching everybody out there. Yada, yada, yada. But it also dramatically changed the life, the lives of two of the three writers. Candlelight sessions led to candlelight dinners and sparked a flame between Amy and Chris. They got engaged. They got married. And uh, the rest is history. And they've written a ton of other songs together and they're happily ever after. So That's very cute. In my life, I'm that third wheel. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, so true. Like, it, like, I'm curious if the other guy like found her attractive. And right. Was or this is like he her way? Someone else, maybe I don't know. It's maybe just... was this like the Bachelor before the Bachelor, mm. like or the Two Bachelor on one date? Yeah. songwriting national? Yeah, so yeah, that is a cute yeah. story though, and they're still together because that was very sweet to have like that kind of song. And you said they both wrote Tim and Faze, "Let's Make Love." Yep. So yeah, clearly they know what they're doing here, but that is cute. Yeah, they, uh, they're good at Instagram follows too. I just started following them. Um, <laughs> she's really great. I mean, she's, they've both written a lot of big songs, but uh, I think she might, she might have more top hits or more number ones, in fact. Um, and they actually, if you look hard enough on YouTube, there's a version of them singing this song together, just yeah. around a campfire or something like that. So that's the story behind Amazed. It's not necessarily, I mean... It's cool that behind the song, but there's an actual love story that. Right. Right. Yeah. I like that. It was, yeah. From two people or I mean, three people, but I I guess the bigger picture is cool. Thanks. Uh, Mm. The, one of the other biggest hits on the album, what about now? Uh, Written by Ron Harbin, Aaron Barker, Anthony L. Smith. And uh, some of the ones they've written, uh, Ron also wrote Mr. Mom, which is a jam. Love it. <laughs> Aaron Barker wrote George Strait's Easy Come, Easy Go and Love Without End. Amen. 
then Anthony Smith wrote Chris Young's Tomorrow. Hmm. But this one, you thought the previous story was good? Oh, this boy. Is, I'm not Buckle saying up, this is huh? better. It's different, but it's equally as good. It just shows cool. the magic of how a song actually becomes a song and a hit. And sometimes you write it in an hour and it's a number one a year later. Other times, not so much. There's actually a video of, uh, of um, the songwriter uh, who's, who wrote this here. Um, Aaron Barker. He actually, there's a video of him telling this story. George Strait, back in the day, he was the spokesperson for Chevy. So Aaron Barker set out to write a song for that thinking. He, was, he thought, George Strait, King of Country, Chevy, who doesn't like Chevy and trucks, and it was probably going to be a national spot. So a mm. shit ton of money, money. is going to be <laughs> all over TV. So he wrote it, thought, he, thought it was really good, and uh, played it for George Strait and Chevy, and uh, George hated it. I think he, he just said <laughs> oh. hated it. Hated it. So Barker was kind of like, damn, like, whatever. And like he does all his rejects songs, threw it in a drawer, forgot about it. Yep. Fast forward some years later, he went to a co-write with some of his buddies and the two others that were there, Ron and Anthony, they were messing with this new keyboard that played the different instruments and sounds. And it was techy, whatever, but they were having a problem with it. <laughs> um, they were, their intention was to write a ballad, but they couldn't fix the keyboard sounds that it was, it was going too fast. Like it was messing them up. <laughs> um, but Aaron, great, great name, right? Aaron's is great. Uh, yeah. He's, he's listening mm-hmm. to this and he thinks, huh. He's like, you want to write a ballad, but with that tempo and the idea you're working on, I think I have some words from that from an old Chevy commercial. <laughs> and sure enough, he goes back, gets out of the drawer. They mix everything together and you get Lone Stars. What about now? Aaron Barker says it's his only up-tempo song he's ever really written. And uh, he ended up by saying, so guess who came knocking if they could use it for a commercial? No. Toyota. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. That's amazing. Right? Supposed to be George Strait, Chevy, but uh, yeah, crazy. A good song. I do love that's probably one of my favorite Lone Star songs. Just they're they're so good at the ballads, but then the song, it's just it's one of those like you know me in my car jamming, you just roll the windows down and so good. Why? Yeah. And this definitely would this definitely would make a great like song for a vehicle or travel commercial. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I guess maybe maybe actually use it. Yeah. Oh, but, I didn't. I was gonna look that up if they did. Yeah, because I that's pretty cool. I don't know. Commercials are like big money. I feel like as a jingle or something, you can make more money on a commercial than <laughs> like a song sometimes. Yeah, I mean, for every song here on radio, there's songwriters in town here and LA that you write a song for a TV episode or a movie, like yeah. you make good good money off of that. Yeah. Dang. Um, the two other hits on here, move off to the songwriters quickly. Um, Tell Her was written by Craig Wiseman. We talked about him before. Just Craig's the like, man. 
King, songwriter, yeah, good stuff. American Child, boys around here, yada yada yada. He wrote it with K E W S I, Kewsy, Kewsy B. Oh. I couldn't find anything about the person, so that's that's that. Um, and then the last hit, Smile again, Keith Folsey and Chris Lindsay. Chris Lindsay also wrote Amazed, um, but Keith Folsey he's written Tim McGraw's something like that. Martina's I Love You, Faith Hill's The Way You Love Me. The cool thing about Keith, though, is his sons, Ryan and Jamie, are members of a pop band called Hot Shell Ray. You ever hear of them? Who? Hot Shell Ray. Hot Shell Ray? I don't know. Uh, I don't they think sing so. songs like Tonight, 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 Tonight. We're living on the edge. Da, 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 da. No. Oh, that I mean, you're singing aside. Yeah, it sounds somewhat familiar, but I don't and think I would know like their band. I like it like that. I like it like that. Hey, da, da, da. no. Yeah. Okay, I just don't know the band. Sorry. I I, I don't. Even, I mean, I know like a couple. Like when you hear their songs, you'll know. But anyways, yeah. a very musically talented family. No so. shit. Yeah. Uh, you know what I always wonder, like for songwriting, like how much do you have to contribute to a song to get writing credit? Like, what if what if uh, like a spouse comes home and says, "Man, we just <laughs> couldn't get this lyric," and the wife's like, "Well, if you just do this and this, there's ironic. the song." Yeah, and you get credit for that. Like, my my understanding is that most artists and songwriters. <sighs> Do it, do it in good faith. But there are some artists that will, will change a word or two or three once they're recording it. And they will ask for songwriting credit, which means they get an That's equal... Dip. Piece of yeah. the pie. It's, I think it's pretty why. shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yikes. I mean, obviously, huh. if, if you contribute more to it, if you're in there for an hour or two and you're... Right, that's completely whatever. different. Hmm. So, yeah, there's some slime balls that way. Again, I I don't know if there's names to it, but uh, I'll do some digging. Thank you. appreciate Produ- that. Producer, uh, we talked about Dan Huff, Keith Urban, Rascal Flats. Uh, only one album review that I found oh. was... Uh, all music's Stephen Thomas Earlwine. Quick paragraph here. He says, Stephen, he says, which I think is very true. um, Lone Star began as a fairly straight ahead country band indebted Mm -hmm. to pure honky tonk. With Mm -hmm. their second record, the one before this, they moved themselves toward pop. And ironically, it didn't pay off in great dividends, even if it spawned a top 10 single. For their third album, Lonely Grill, they take a middle ground moving back toward hardcore country while retaining elements of the pop sheen of Crazy Nights. The results aren't always successful, but overall, the album is stronger than its immediate predecessor, largely due to the increased grit. There are still some slow spots and mediocre songs scattered throughout the record, but the strong moments, such as Amazed and I've Gotta Find You, Keep the record entertaining and suggest that Lone Star will find a way to fuse their two inclinations into a signature sound. End of review. 
That's fair. I think so too. I think, yeah, I feel like maybe this is what they wanted to be all along. I don't know, because there's definitely a switch from the first two to this one. And it's good. And I think it's more, but that's that's the thing with it too, is like the 90s were so 90s. Like they have that definite sound to them. And then you can pick out the 2000s because that is like the Rascal Flats and like the Keith Urban, like that where it's, it's not pop, right? But it's not country that we know. And I think that's what this album is. Yeah, it's a very, we can't, I don't know how to describe it. Other, Yeah, you said it's, it's not 90s. Maybe we just start calling it the early 2000s. Like there's that. Yeah, it's got that. There's that's a niche, I think, that you can label something that. Yeah, it's not as poppy as some of the stuff today. Right. But it, like if they would release it today, I'm convinced it would do really well. Mm-hmm. So the singles. Yeah, they freaking killed it with the singles. They did. So they released, technically, there's some debate here. Yes. Whether they released four or five singles. So for full transparency, technically the first one they put out from this album is the lead track, Saturday Night. Peaked at 47, and I think they pulled it pretty quick. Because (laughs) after that, they went with Amazed was released March of 99, Smile, October of 99, What About Now, April of 2000, and then Tell Her, September of 2000. And they all reached the top spot. Amazed, spent eight weeks at the top of the charts. Like, that's Yeah. Wasn't there a crossover with that one, too, Amazed? Didn't yeah, do so really decent because because you said like the same people that wrote this song wrote John Michael Montgomery's I swear. I swear. So like they found something where they can take really moving, powerful country ballads and make them like be successful in the pop world as well. Which like what is that? Yeah, next time I'm driving around Nashville and I see someone in like a really nice convertible or something like that, I'm gonna be like, ah, you probably one of those two songwriters. Yeah, damn. <laughs> Uh, but you're right, though. It reached uh, it reached number one on Billboard Hot 100. Uh, so this song and Carrie Underwood's Inside Your Heaven are the only country songs in the 2000s to hit number one on the all Billboard Hot 100. Really? Yes. And Dang. it was the first country song to top the pop charts since Islands in the Stream. Nothing of Garth went to pop. It it probably went to pop, but it never. Um, I don't think it ever reached the top of the pop charts. Interesting. Crazy. I do have a trivia question for you, though. Oh, good. I like trivia. Um, I'll, I'll give you multiple choices here. Even better. So, amazed, right? Yeah. Number one, eight weeks at the top of the charts. Which song? Knocked it out. Was it Write This Down by George Strait? Single White Female by Shelley Wright? You Had Me From Hello by Kenny Chesney? Or Something Like That by Tim McGraw? Single White Female. You are correct. Woo! What do I win? 
satisfaction uh, of being right. One big clap. So, um, right, big clap. Write this down by George Strait. Spent four weeks at number one and uh, amazed, knocked that one off the number one spot. And then uh, after eight weeks on the chart, Shelley Wright, uh, single white female, knocked that out. Spent one week at number one, I believe. And then you had me from Hello, knocked her out. And uh, something like that, knocked Kenny out and spent five weeks to number one. So, man, some great songs. No kidding. What a time to be alive. Those yeah. are all jams. Huh. So good. Um, so, yeah, I think when you look at the track list, you go from Amaze to Smile to What About Now to Tell Her. I've, that's got to be one of the more impressive, like, four-song releases together. Yeah, it's just, like, punch after punch after punch after punch. Because it doesn't yeah. – and it has a little bit of everything, right? You got the slow – amazed which is just one of those huge has a crossover appeal but then i feel like when it comes like what about now and even tell her you kind of get back to like country and back to the roots and i think these four songs they're very cohesive together and they kind of just became like synonymous with this is lone star this is their sound this is what we're going to come to expect from them and we like it so give us more and they did that's a good point you bring up because they didn't really stray too far from that ballad mid-tempo kind of vibe. Like there's nothing they didn't, and they didn't throw like a super twangy honky tonk. Right. As far as a release goes. So because if they, like you said, they pulled Saturday night early, which is good because that would have been like the caveat, like what doesn't belong in this. Set. It would have been that right. song. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, so let's see here. We skip to the any songs that stand out before we get to hidden gems, or let's just do hidden gems. Oh, I was going to do one that I wrote next to this one. I wrote what capital W U T question mark? Yeah, please, you're going to get it. Um, actually, I I really hope it's not the song because it might be one of my hidden gems. Um, is Saturday night? No. Oh no. Oh, please don't tell me it's, please don't tell me it's don't let's talk about Lisa. No, that is a, oh, that is a smash in the waiting. What? Yes. No. Yes. Oh my Lord. Yes. It doesn't fit with everything else. Like it doesn't work with who they are. I just don't get it. And what is this? Don't let's talk about Lisa. Like I don't understand the sentence or the question. Okay. Or the statement. But let's think about another one of their songs, Mr. Mom. That's that's kind of the same vein I was getting. Like, it's kind of that same Yeah, but it's vibe. not one of my favorite. It's probably one of my least favorite Lone Star songs, <laughs> Mr. Mom. It's not, not about See, it. That's fair. Um, as soon as you said it, I'm like, shit, here we go again. <laughs> uh, classic. I'm uh, always here to entertain. What can I say? <laughs> well... I'll list my hidden gems off first um, and you can list yours because I actually have don't let's talk about Lisa as one of my hidden gems. I think it's, it's just so it's fun and it's, and maybe I did like it because it's different from some of the Mm -hmm. other stuff, but I feel like it's not that different. Like it, it could work. I really do because I feel like Lone Star as a band, like those guys, they're fun. 
And I feel like sometimes we get in this habit of thinking that they're only these ballad mid-tempo kind of guys, but I really like that one. And then, um, I, I like the title track. I liked Lonely Grill. I thought that was a really good one too. So mm-hmm. those are my those are my two hidden gems. Um, I liked I've got to find her. I really liked that one. I felt like that's something they could drop today, and it would mm-hmm. work in today's um, music climate. And um, wow, it's so funny that you like that song. Um, I also. <laughs> Because I literally remember listening to him like, what the frick is going on? Because it just seems so different. It seemed like very early 2000s where they just kind of threw everything at the song. Like different beats and instruments and stuff. Whatever. It's, it's fine. You let, I, yeah. I like the, lyri- the lyrics are so... It's, it's so clever how they constructed it. And like the storyline. I was a fan of it, but... Fair. Fair enough. No, all good. Um... Yeah, it's gonna be so fun when our like Spotify duo <laughs> like it's like what Yo. the hell is going on? <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, I also like simple as that. Um, I don't know. Simple as that. Yeah, I think in my notes that was that another one I, had... I like. Oh, sorry, I, that that was another one I was like, I've heard this one before. I don't know why, but I've heard this before. Yeah, um, I had. In my notes for that one, I had <laughs> cute song, radio potential. I think that's the thing with a lot of these songs on here. I feel like if they, even if, if they would release some of these other songs instead, they would have done well. I don't know if as well as the ones that they did release, mm-hmm. but, but um, yeah. So let's play some matchmaker. Yeah, so Saturday Night was the first song, and I listened to it, because whenever I start listening, I'm, like, open-minded, and then if a song crushes me, I'm pretty much, like, dead to the water for the rest of the album. So this song, at first, it starts, I'm like, I don't know. But then I'm like, holy shit, like, I could hear Granger Smith or, like, Earl Dribbles singing it. Dibbles, yeah. Is it Dibbles? I thought it was Dribbles. Earl Dibbles. I think it's Dibbles. I think it's Dibbles. You're right. Are you though? Anyways, I could hear Granger or Earl singing this song. That's that's who came to my mind at first, just kind of the style of it. And I thought um, Richie's voice kind of sounded like Granger's huh. in the beginning. In the beginning part, it did. Like the first opening lines, kind of just like Granger's. What what came to me? I don't know. Interesting. All right, mm-hmm. I dig it. Is that your only is that your only matchmaker? Um. Mostly. I mean, uh, my, my hidden gem was, you know, I've got to find her and I thought it would work really good in like today's climate. So I thought like a Jordan Davis or a Cole Swindell could cover one of those. Oh, I did have another one. I'm sorry. This is like my, my best one. Um, tell her, I thought Ooh. it'd be really fun to hear it from a female perspective. Ash McBride. Ashley, yeah, I thought of Ashley, I thought of Lindsay L, and then I kind of thought like Maddie and Tay could put some real nice harmonies on it. Mm, yeah. I do like that. I like the way you like, flip it on its side. I like it. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to play Matchmaker for the song you hate. So <laughs> don't let's talk about Lisa. And maybe, and maybe if these, one of these two artists like sang it, recorded it, 
you would you would see like the potential in the song and be like, okay, like that makes maybe more sense. I would love Jake Owen or Luke Bryan to record it because I feel like they're fun and funny guys that would lean into it just the right amount and not make it too cheesy, but would still kind of go with it. I was definitely all in on Jake Owen, Luke Bryan. Yeah. yeah. It's really funny that you say that though. Cause like Jake Owen, I just watched his music video for his like made for you. And I feel like he's going like a different path. Like he's becoming this more like serious and sentimental artist. And he haven't, hasn't had one of his like, Beachin songs in a right. while. And so maybe he does need to throw another like uh, stadium jam in his repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just, I mean, like when I heard that song, I was thinking, Oh, like they're just, they're going bar hopping. They're venting about the different ladies, but he doesn't want to talk about the one. And I'm like, I think Jay could pull it off. Uh, another artist that I think would totally kill a majority of these Lone Star songs and I mean, it's like saying, Hey, go put Michael Jordan on any basketball team now. But I think <laughs> Eric church on lonely grill would do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of has that. He can make it a little bit darker, even more darker than it is, but just kind of right. slow it down. Strip it back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then simple as that, I think if Thomas Rhett got a hold of it and, mm-hmm he could do something with it. It has a little bit more of a modern sound to it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was one of my, my favorite ones. Cause I thought it would. Yeah. Do well today. And TR needs to, he's got like a new project coming soon. Not to stray off, but like, can he say new music's coming soon? Maybe it's yeah. this song. Maybe. Okay. But quickly on Tom is red. He's, he's been killing, like he's been turning albums around and what? 18 months, less yeah, than a year and a half. Ridiculous. That's crazy. He's, he's been killing it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Since we don't have Olympics this year and who knows about next year, when it comes to the metal stand, where does this album rank? So I realize I'm not really like the Lone Star super fan that maybe I thought I was from knowing like a half dozen of their songs. So I don't know if I'm the right person to, to critique. I do like, based off the singles, I like this one. Their album right before this, Crazy Nights, I kind of like their like very 90s feel to it. And they got some jams on there. And then the song right after it, I'm Already There. Because I almost want to like challenge say I'm Already There is just as big, if not bigger than Amazed. No? Uh, interesting. Let, let's do... Uh, all right. I'm Already There. Let's see what happens here. Um Chart performance. Let's see here. Um, I'm trying to see how long it stayed on. It spent six weeks at the top of the charts. Mm. Maze was number uh, for eight. Um, number one. Yeah, smash. That's a fair. Yeah. That's that's a good debate. I will I will agree with you on that. Yeah. That song pulls more like my heartstrings than Amaze does. And again, the album art for this one is just fantastic. It's very like in sync, like. Yeah, true. Um, so I like that. But then, yeah, I, I would say probably so. Like these three in a row, because Crazy Nights nice was ninety seven. That was their sophomore album, mm-hmm. and then Lonely Girl is ninety nine, and I'm already there, two thousand one. So I would say like within that stretch of like four or five years, 
So that music they put out is probably my favorite and probably what they're best known for too. Yeah, because I'm looking at here. So they released this one in 99 and then they follow up with uh, I'm Already There in 2001. And that one, you have the singles I'm Already There goes number one with me goes mm-hmm. number 10 not a day goes by goes number three and unusually unusual goes number 12 so good i forgot how great that song was yeah so let's pause there then 2003 they released their greatest hits which also included my front porch looking in and their rendition of walking in memphis oh that might be one of my that's so weird to say is like my favorite lone star song is a cover song but walking in memphis Mm -hmm. their version of it is the best version i would agree by far okay and then uh after that they come out with uh in 2004 let's be us again and this is kind of what this is kind of their last rodeo because i think after that around this time period in the next couple years is when richie goes uh the solo route um the title track, Let's Be Us Again, went to four. Mr. Mom went to one. Class Reunion went to 16. And that are those are the three from that album. Okay. So it was clearly yeah. they had reached their peak with Amaze, I'm Already There, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were on top of the mountain with, with this one, I think. Yeah. So, I, yeah, definitely those three albums. I mean, I would... I would go Lonely Grill one. I'm already there two, and then Crazy Nights three. But you could, yeah, depending what you're looking for, I guess. Like what you I want. Agree. If you want that more like classic '90s feel, you're gonna go with Crazy Nights. But if you want a good cry, I'm already there. It's just gonna <laughs> kick you in the gut. When True. they, because they did that version. Do you remember that? I think it was after 9/11. This came out in 2001. Where they yeah, like which, had oh the people's like calls and like all that interspersed between the song. Oh well, the, don't make me listen to it. The call the calls were um like soldiers, right? Was like it the soldiers? Kids calling. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't like people calling from planes or towers. Oh no, no, sorry. I didn't mean yeah. to insinuate that. Yeah, but it's still just yeah, the, the song took on like a different meaning. Like it was probably written in regards to like a love song, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. there's just like another level it went to. So yeah, those three albums, peak Lone Star. This peak Lonely Lone Girl Star. is, is kind of what kicked them off, I think. You know, like uh, we should do sometime because we're such Phil Vassar fans and we love Lone Star. They, they do like joint Christmas concerts together, but if they ever legit... They did. They came to like, they came to Oshkosh. They were like an hour away from me that time. Like, so mad I didn't go. Yeah. Wow. Some fan. Yeah. I don't think I knew uh, about it until after the fact. I might have not been in the country. I don't know. Wow. Um, on that note... Uh, yes, we th- should. Definitely. Yes. Final takeaways, uh, overall thoughts on the album, kind of what it meant for Lone Star. Yeah, this is fun. I guess I didn't realize like all of these singles came from one album. Like when I came to that realization, I'm like, holy shit, this is a pretty powerful album. And, and it's pretty consistent throughout. I think, um, you know, there's a few here or there that maybe aren't my cup of tea, but for the most part, it's, it's, um, it's what you think of when you think of Lone Star. 
these are the songs that I like always imagine hearing and it just sounds like Lone Star. Which isn't easy to do on like an album when you lost a band member and are like, I don't know, rediscovering who you are as a band. Yeah, if someone were to say, hey, who's Lone Star? Like, give me something to listen to. I would say, other than like giving them my greatest hits album, I would say, listen to this album. Like, this will give you mm-hmm. a good idea of their sound and like their biggest hits. But like you said, they lost a band member, which he at times would take local uh, lead vocals, but the majority of the time it was still Richie, but it's still a sound and a big part mm-hmm. of the band. And then the guts to go with a new producer and go with a new sound. Like it's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I give them a shit ton of credit for having that intuition to go for it. Do you think and that's why John Rich left is because like the rest of them want to go in a different direction? Um, no, I think, I mean, maybe, maybe, but I think, where did I read this? That they were, that they were both, there was concern when people were listening to them about having two lead singers, right? That's always been mm. the, you know, people were not worried, not hesitant, but with like Lady A, with uh, right, um, Charles and wow. Hillary. Charles and Hillary. Wow, that was a blank. And I think those are the same kind of things going on here is that people were unsure what like the actual sound was. And then right. uh, I think they both, my understanding is both John Rich and the band both agreed that they needed to go separate ways and it wasn't anything bad. Right. It was just, uh, and then, yeah, John got hooked up and did the big and rich thing and he started doing more producing and business ventures and that sort of thing. But yeah, um, it is, I mean, cause John, you're thinking John Rich, he is a very country guy. So it right. would have been interesting but then he oh, does he something have. like save a horse, ride a cowboy. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. But oh, good. I'm sure, I'm sure from his perspective, after they drop this and it just sells 3 million copies and blows up, he's probably sitting there like, well, oh, shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did all right for himself. Oh yeah. I think he's doing just fine. But yeah, this, I love Lone Star. If, I encourage you, Emily, of course, but anyone else that's listening, if, you, if you've never seen them live, it's one of those, it's not like a complete like trip down memory lane or like a nostalgia feeling, but it kind of is because yeah, you're in it, you're singing in it in 2019, 2020, 2021, whatever. 2022. You kind of get taken back to that, like who you were, where you were when you're listening. Yeah. And it's, it's like one of those things where it's like, wow, they're so good. Like you hear so many songs on the radio growing up and so many artists, but when you actually hear them live. And I think, I think I figured it out is that I heard them 99, 2000, and I didn't hear them for 20 years. And all of a sudden right. you hear them live and it's like, wow, so good. <laughs> you sound just like you do on the radio. And they, and they totally did too. Cause I mean, yeah. He's I'm glad good... that yeah, Richie came back because now they're Lone Star again. Agreed. I was just looking on Spotify, like they have all these albums from like 2005 to 2000. I don't know when he rejoined them, but I'm like, I don't even want to listen to him if it's not his voice. I know that's like not musical of me to do, but 
I don't know. It's just not Lone Star. It's it's not. Yeah. No. But anyways, it all turned out okay. It did. Well, this was a good one, fun one. Uh, we agreed for the most part, disagreed at times, which seems to be our Before, thing, which yeah. I like. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. As always, check us out, raisedonablog.com. Hit the subscribe button and you'll be notified of all future upcoming episodes. Uh, I have no idea what we're doing next, but that's in Emily's hands at the moment. Um, oh, boy. App- I don't know what yeah. we're doing either. <laughs> pressure, pressure. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, a couple others wherever you listen to podcasts, but those are the main ones. Uh, check us out on our website, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. And if you have an album that you want to hear us talk about, let us know. And if we really like the album, if we really like you, maybe we'll have you on for a little segment. So uh, <laughs> that is always an option. Um, you're still listening. Thanks for listening, and uh, <laughs> stay stay tuned for future episodes, guys. <laughs> <laughs>